0: Welcome to the GATA Podcast, where it's all dog, all the time. I'm your host, Robert Reynolds. Each episode, you'll hear me give my takes and opinions on things that involve Georgia football. That could mean recruiting, the most important thing of all. could also mean any recent news involving the Georgia program, also could mean current state of the team. So stick around as this episode of the GATA Podcast starts right now. Herschel, there's a hole, five, ten, twelve, he's running over people, oh you Herschel Walker! my God almighty, he ran right through two men, Herschel ran right over two men, they had him dead away inside the nine, Herschel Walker went 16 yards, he drove right over Orange Church, just driving and running with those big guys, my God, a fresh... I appreciate this with all my heart. You don't know how much I do appreciate it. I love every one of you. And screw Florida, and the beauty that came in here. Tennessee playing what amounts to a 4-4 four four fake. And there's a touchdown! Touchdown, touchdown. my God, a touchdown! <laughs> we threw it to Hanes. My God Almighty, did you see what he did? We just stepped on their face with a hobnailed boot and broke their nose. I'm going to run the toss play. And no shot running for the corner. Jumps for the end zone. Touchdown. Right now, Auburn brings only four. Play fake. Stafford. Nobody open. Now he's got Massacre. Wide open. Touchdown. Georgia Bulldogs. High formation. They snap it. Marino. How about that? Touchdown. Gurley going to take it halfway deep in the end zone, Run it out straight ahead, 15, 20. Gurley needs a block, cuts back 30, 40, 50. Gurley won't be caught. 40, say goodbye. Go, Todd, go. 15, 10, 5, 100 yard. Touchdown. Out of the shotgun, give it to Fromm. He's going to hand it off to Swift. Swift's got running room. Swift by the defense. 40, 30, they won't catch him. Go, Swift, into the end zone. Touchdown. The freshman just ran it back. Second down and 12. We go Wild Dog with Sony. Nauta goes in motion left, snap it to Michelle, he's running to the left, angling, 25-20, got a block from Grump, 50, 10, 5, touchdown, 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 don't win it, we're headed to Atlanta. <laughs> Welcome to the GHCA podcast. We're going to go ahead and get right into it. Get ready for a lot of recruiting. First off, we're going to jump right into this. Michael, Mikael Williams, Christian Miller, both push their commitment dates back. Um, you know what does that mean? You know, um, in my opinion, I think you're looking at I uh, I wouldn't say a crisis situation, but red flags should be popping up if you're a Georgia fan. Uh, that's all I'm gonna say. Um, I know both of these guys have talked about wanting to play together uh, at the next level. Um so it would' be you know it wouldn't be too much of a shocker to see them both commit to the same school. Um, obviously, both of them uh, pushed their commitments back, like I said, but you have Christian Miller uh, one day within twenty four hours pretty much Michael Williams. Uh Michael was supposed to commit uh, March seventeenth, I think it was or March fifteenth. Uh, so relatively soon. So, pushing that back, um, you know, definitely kind of raises some questions uh, if you're a Georgia fan right now. Um you know, one team I think you really have to look at right now is uh, USC, and I'm not talking about those fighting chickens. I'm talking about the Trojans out west. I think you have to look at this and consider them a massive threat right now. Um, do I think they land at Georgia? I think they I think there's still a good chance, but but Southern California is pushing extremely hard uh, Christian Miller apparently is looking at it really really favorably uh, and apparently it's enough to make Michael Williams open up slow down his uh, timeline uh, so you have to consider them a massive threat right here like I said Georgia is still in play for sure not going to count us out they're both Georgia boys you can never count Georgia out uh, if they're in play you can never count them out if they're Georgia boys um, you know but one question right here i think you really have to look at this uh what happens if we lose out on both uh for some reason what if they go to you know what if they go to usc right they're both top 100 players um, along the defensive line uh very good players um but you have to look at what we've already got committed right now uh, you know considering if you know if if nothing changes you know you look at the two defensive line commits Uh, And at the tackle position, you know, you look at Tyree West and you look at Bear Alexander, both of those guys, I think are going to be great. Um, You know, you look at um, Darius Smith, technically listed as a a defensive end. I think he projects to a linebacker, possibly at Georgia. Uh, So, I mean, if you really want to uh, consider Darius Smith, you can. uh, But definitely, you know, you're looking at Tyree and Bear Alexander currently um you know I, I'm not going to say that it's out of the realm to reach out for four commits along the defensive line this class I, I think that's what's going to happen uh considering what we're losing out this year um at, after the end of this year upcoming you know losing Jordan Davis is going to be a huge blow and obviously uh Devontae White as well you know but you also have to look at the possibility of Adam Anderson or you know Nolan uh, Nolan Smith depending on how their years go right there's a lot of potential loss there along the defensive line. So this year in the 2022 class, it's important. I can't value that enough. That word is understated to grab elite talent and a lot of it along the defensive line. Losing out on Michael Williams and Chris Miller would be a huge blow. I'm, there's no sugarcoating it. Like I said, this is if that were to happen. The key here though, you know, I think you still have a few guys that you possibly could land. I, I think first you look at Jeremiah Alexander uh, out of Alabama. Number one kid out of Alabama currently, five star um you know and, and Bama is a, a heavy uh, threat there for all means. Um, it, it's the number one player in Alabama, but guess what? George has pulled a number one player out of Alabama before. Clay Webb. It can be done. Um, is that a, is it a possibility? Absolutely. Um, and if these guys do go somewhere else, I would not put it past Kirby and Trey Scott to go balls to the wall on Jeremiah Alexander. Kid is a kid is a freak on tape. I love to watch his tape. It's a it's a freaking nature in my opinion, as most five stars are. It's what you should be doing. You know, I think you also could look at a guy named Shamar Turner. Uh, Out of Florida, Um, you know, Crystal Balls have him projected to LSU right now. We'll see, but look at what we've been able to do in the state of Florida. There's no question we could pull guys out if we choose. If we go hard enough, I think you. I think Georgia's going to come on him hard anyway. That's just the way that is. Uh, He's also a five star. I think he's actually. No, Shamar is actually the the top defensive line five-star, if, mista- if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the top defensive uh, tackle. I may be wrong. But I, I think that's what it is. Both of those guys would be huge assets to the defensive line. Uh, you know, I think you look at what we could pitch them, right? You're losing Jordan Davis. You're losing Devontae Wyatt. You know, both of those guys came back, fortunately for us, for this year. You know there's a lot of playing time to be had along that defensive line this upcoming or you know next year. And obviously these guys are gonna go where they're gonna go, but playing time is a big thing, I think in my opinion, if I'm a five star and I want to get to the next level. But like I said, you can't count out Alabama for uh, Jeremiah Alexander. you just can't. Uh, and and maybe my third name and this is a definite long shot here, uh Walter Nolan, you know if what if these guys miss? Do you, do we turn the heat up on Walter? I mean, I, if I'm not mistaken, Walter is might be. I know Rivals. I think has him high, high. Uh, so does 24/7. Uh, Walter may be a high, above Shamar. I may not be wrong. Uh, mistaken there. Anyways, you know all three of these guys five stars, and I think Georgia would be right in the mix with them. Uh, currently, I, I don't think Walter is necessarily uh, has, is you know is too big on Georgia right now. Uh, but I think that could be a possibility of Georgia might be not going hard enough on them right now. You know, it, but if we lose Michael Williams and Chris Miller, there's a possibility that that recruitment heats up tremendously, and, and rightfully so. You know, like I said, Michael Williams and Chris Miller are both great talents. But you have to—I think—you have to hit at least three to four guys along that defensive line uh, to try to you know balance balance what we're losing. You, you just have to. Um so hopefully you know Michael and Christian you know maybe they both commit to Georgia uh, but if not you know Kirby and company is going to have their backup plans uh, those are the three names that I thought that, that you know that might be uh considered after those guys if they both go to Socal or somewhere else Um so that's just that's just along the defensive line but also you have to look at a couple other names uh, huge names uh, set setting commitment dates or times, uh, Emmanuel Henderson and Malachi Stark. Uh, we'll start with Emmanuel Henderson first. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he moved his to uh, March 13th. Uh, I'm predicting he goes to Alabama. Um, not to say that Georgia is not a big factor here, but this is just my prediction. I think he goes to Bama. Um, and because of that, I think you see Georgia land Branson-Robinson. It's a name that I've been talking about for a while now. I'm going to continue to talk about this kid out of Mississippi. Dude is a freak of nature, and he reminds me of Nick Chubb on tape. I know that's a hefty comparison, but watch his tape. That's all I'm going to say. Just watch the tape. I think he's a must-have running back target right now. I think he's a must-have, even with Emmanuel Henderson. Not saying that we don't want Emmanuel Henderson. Because I think you could take one to two running backs here. If two falls to our laps, sure, you take them both. You know, if we take one, I think you get the right guy. And then you look at the 2023 class and you pick up a huge amount there. You pick up a heavy haul there. You know, and for instance, you know, like I said, I do expect Emmanuel to go to Bama. Um, You know, Branson Robinson has said that George is in his driver's seat right now. Uh, I expect us, I expect Dell McGee to keep pressing. Uh, You know, as things get closer and and time goes on with Branson's uh, commitment, you know, I definitely think you're going to see schools hit uh, pretty hard in his recruitment. Um, You know, but I think Georgia continues to keep uh, that, you know, that press on him uh, to ultimately get him to commit. Now, like I said, you could see one. I I think you have to get one, but there could be a possibility for a second running back commit uh, in this class, in the 2022 class. And here's a couple names. I I picked three names that I think if Emmanuel Henderson doesn't commit and he does go to Bama, I think you have to look at these three names right here. These are just my picks here uh, to keep an eye on uh, in regards to Georgia and committing as a possible second running back. Like I said, this is based off the assumption that Branson Robinson lands at Georgia. Uh, You're looking at Tevin White, Jordan James, Catron Allen. All three of these guys look great on tape. I think they'll be fine if they come to Georgia. Uh, they're currently, you know, in the in Georgia's in the driver's seat with, uh, like I said, Branson. But you know, these guys are in the thick of things. Georgia's in the thick of things with all three of these guys. Uh, I think Jordan James is actually looking at. Um, they're looking at Georgia, and I think Georgia's the leader right now. So there is that possibility um, that Georgia goes for those second running back commit if they get Branson Robinson. And I think those three names right there are going to be the names to keep an eye out for. Now, obviously, things can change. If they change, you're going to hear it right here. Just all so I'm going to say. Um, and, and also, obviously, outside of Emmanuel Henderson, like I said, Malachi Starks, March 25th commitment time, or a commitment date. Um, I think he comes to Georgia. Um, uh, Jefferson's right up the road from Athens, maybe 20, 30 minutes right in his back door, right in his backyard. You have to come to Georgia. Georgia has to land this kid, has to land him. I think him committing early does help Georgia right now. Um, You know, if it waits it out, then you start to really get scared because Clemson is going to be the biggest threat here, in my opinion. I know you have Alabama as well, but I think Clemson's the one to watch out for uh, with his commitment. Um, You know, and let's say Starks does commit on the 25th. You know, it already adds to an impressive secondary haul you know 2022 class is loaded and i think you know coach a day and kirby smart know the importance of hall like bringing in a huge hall of secondary to help obviously we're you know we feel like we have a huge question mark at the secondary positions now more so cornerback but you look at what we've already brought in in the current commits you look at mark uh marquise gross killabrew Deion smoke Bowie, uh smoke being a um you know, listed as an athlete, but I I project him to be a cornerback uh, at Georgia. So, you know, like I said, if if you add Starks to that right there, Starks more or less a safety, you know, you look at Gross Killebrew, you look at Smoke Bowie, you know, you add those three guys, and then I think, honestly, you look for a fourth, maybe even a fifth guy in the secondary. Um, I think you look at a few names here, uh, Traquan Figgins and Emory Floyd. I could honestly see us picking up both to get five uh, secondary commits. I, I I don't see Kirby shying away from it if the talent the talent's there. You I think you honestly have to sit here and believe in the fact that it needs to be done. I think you have to get four, if not five. The talent's there to get five, so if you can get five, go for it. You know, um, you know, maybe that's something that you cut out two running backs to one. If you're looking at a secondary hall of five guys, you know, maybe that's the case, who knows, you know, there's a lot of time left in this recruiting class. So, you know, the pieces are still falling. They're getting hell, really, they're getting put together uh, and starting to form. So we still have some time left, but I, you know, as, as it comes closer to the close of the 2022 class, we'll know more for sure, but definitely starts as a guy, as a got to have commit, we have to get him. He's too important. The, the geography is in our favor. You cannot let this kid leave the state. Just my take on that. You cannot let him do it. You cannot let him do it. There's another long shot. Um, you know, if you know, if we were to go for five, I, I don't necessarily believe this is going to happen. I think this kid is about as locked in as you can imagine. Uh, Travis Hunter commitment. Uh, like I said, he's committed to Florida State. Kid is almost a lot, but George is not gonna you know take no for an answer. I think you push hard, and if they say no, they say no. Um, that's just the way I'm seeing that in regards to that right there. And also, let's talk about Rush Probst, uh Probst and that audio that came out. What a shit show that was! Um, basically, accusing Kirby Smart, Nick Saban, paying players, and things like that. Uh, even mentioned Nick Chubb by name. he 100, paid 180,000. You know they what three sixty thousand dollar donations to keep Chubb in or Chubbs, as he calls them, for a senior year. Are we serious here? Like how can you how can you believe this? how, how can you believe this guy with his track record? I, I'm genuinely asking that. I want you to I want you to think about that. The guy starts at Hoover, basically is found, you know, basically admits that he has two families, you know. Hell, Sabin was about to hire him in Alabama, you know, to uh, on the two a day show, um, you know, basically gets fired there, goes to Calhoun County for a while, almost a decade, you know, leads them back in there, kind of stays out of the radar. Then you have a bunch of other tax issues, things like that after a while he gets let go and goes to Valdosta and basically now you know it's just the same thing same thing over and over again got a litany of track record pretty much like a long-ass track record how can we believe anything that this dude's saying I don't feel like anybody should take and make this any kind of substance out of this it's just that's just my opinion um you know I, I think you look at it as the guy that was I guess the guy that was recording him you know I don't even think I don't even think uh, Rush knew he was being recorded. I, I genuinely don't think that he knew he was. Um, so that's kind of interesting, but you know, you know, people talk about the side of the neck all the time. And what I mean by that is like, you know, people people throw out random shit that shouldn't matter, or you know, that people think that they know, but there's probably no substance behind it. You know what I mean? So you know, why would we, why should we believe this guy? This guy, like I said, the track record makes it almost unbelievable at this point. You know, I, I don't believe in it. And the source is just too un, I, I just don't feel like it's credible enough at all to really worry about it. So anybody listening, if you're worried about NCAA trying to crack down on Georgia and their recruiting tactics, just stop. Don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it. NCAA first off, NCAA ain't gonna do a damn thing anyway. <laughs> you, you, have the, you have the federal government getting in on wiretaps with Bill Self, Will Wade, LSU and Kansas, right? Those guys are still on the damn sidelines. Tennessee self-reported themselves, that's why they got hit with shit. Ole Miss was, you know, getting very, very sloppy with the with the uh, escort services. That's why they got hit. NCAA ain't gonna do a damn thing. And even as you can tell, even when there's actual visual proof of a wiretap, right? They have literally wired phone conversations, wiretap phone conversations, talking about it. Will wait. His ass is still coaching at LSU. Even if something were to materialize, I mean, let's be honest here. Do you really think the NCAA is going to do anything? No, absolutely not. It's the NCAA guys, ladies, gentlemen. Whoever's listening, it's the NCAA. They're not going to do a damn thing about it. They're not going to do nothing about it. I don't even, and honestly, even if, you know, I, in all honesty, I don't think anything even happened. I think he was just spewing out hot air. I'm going to wrap that up by saying that. But it was good to see Nick Chubb respond to that, considering the fact that Rush threw out his name personally. Um, if you didn't see Nick, uh, obviously, Chubb's tweet, he literally just said, if I needed the money, I would have went pro. Hashtag fake news. There you go. And Nick Chubb doesn't go on Twitter often. Let's just let's just put that out there. He doesn't go on very often. I think his last tweet was like in January or some shit, basically uh, congratulating his uh, teammates on the Pro Bowl. He doesn't really get on. <laughs> so, like I said, my ultimately the final opinion here, there's nothing to worry about. There's really nothing to worry about. It's just small talk and just talking, you know, you, you've got that excessive, you know, you got that friend that has that juicy bit of information and listen to the audio. Do yourself a favor and listen to the audio. Listen to when he's got that juicy information, how his voice goes down just like this. Keep an eye for that. That right there tells me it's, it's a bunch of bullshit. I, in my opinion, that's what it is. That's what it is. NCAA is not, you know, the Georgia compliance, you know, they heard about it. They were made aware of it before it even hit the air. It went out and went viral. Uh, they're on the case already. Like I said, NCAA is not going to do anything, guys. Like I said, don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it. And that's enough about Mr. Propes here. Uh, after this short break, guys, we're going to jump into the dead period. Obviously, it's expected to end uh, May 31st let's talk about some uh, impacts and ramifications uh, if this dead period so happens to uh, expire come May 31st. So stick around after this break and we'll get talking about that situation. Welcome back. Before the break, I was talking about the dead period expected to be, uh, be over May 31st. And it's been a long time coming guys. It's been a long time coming. You know, let's just hope that the NCAA doesn't change their mind once again. uh, And let's hope that they keep this, you know, concrete. Um, They should have already opened it back up uh, at least, you know, basically for visits. Uh, You know, even if you're following safety protocols, right, that's okay. I I still think it should have already been opened back up. Um, You know, the good thing about it is if this were to stick, um, you know, obviously you'll have guys be able to come in for visits, Coaches can go out and, and visit recruits. Um, you know, ha- you know the dead period will be over. And, and, that'll, and that, honestly, for Georgia, is about as good as you're going to get. It's going to be that beneficial for Georgia. Um, and, and, obviously, you look at the current situation for the 2022 class. You know, there's a ton of talent in the state of Georgia that, you know, obviously I feel like geography kind of helps us right now. However, kids can actually come to campus. and and get that feel again, right? You get that campus feel. Some of these guys in in the 2022 class haven't been able to make it, you know, officially, right? Some of these, you know, 2021 class, you look back at that, some of these guys when they were juniors and sophomores were able to come on campus and were able to take visits and and do these things um, before the dead period really got into effect and obviously was prolonged for so long. So, you know, the guys in the 2021 class, even though they didn't really get a lot of, uh, you know, really get a lot of time to go anywhere else, you know, fortunately for them, they had the chance to go to Georgia's campus, right? They had the chance to go to Athens and see what it was about before the dead period really, you know, stuck around. So that kind of helped us right there. Also, you have to look at Brock Vandegrift, um, you know, holding down the unofficial visits. Uh, Everybody knows that tailgate photo. With the Super Weekend, beautiful in my opinion. Even though we didn't get everybody, that's okay. But still, opens it back up. You know, it it really opens recruiting up to a different level. We've benefited from having these visits. That's just the way it goes, right? And and it's only going to do good things for everybody, but Georgia especially in my opinion. You know, even though, like I said, the state of Georgia is loaded with talent, especially 2023. But let's be honest here. If the dead period does open up and it goes away come June 1st, best believe Kirby is going to be setting up guys in the 2022 class, 2023 class, and 2024 class, maybe even. Because we don't know when, you know, we don't know that the next dead period will do the same thing. You have to expect that. So they're going to be setting up visits all over the place, all the time, right? And, and like I said, that's a good thing because not only does that help us open up the state of Georgia, but it helps us go nationally. 2020 class, we've benefited from going nationally. You know, 2020 class, we didn't have as much elite talent as we did in the state than we did now, and especially in the 2022 and 23 class. There's so much talent right in Georgia's backyard. But obviously, having the dead period go away will will do great things. And there's even possibility you'll get guys that we didn't think would have even a shot. You could put them in the mix, right? But let's be honest here. You know, if that happens, right? I think you're going to look at you know you're going to look at the, the the scavenger hunt, right? And these things, all these events. You know, I'm going to be glad to see them again, right? Not only is it going to be some great content to talk about, juicy tidbits in recruiting, whatever you want to look at, but it's going to feel back. It's going to feel normal, right? Like you look last year and you had this dead period going for basically a year now. You know, the off season was it even fun? No, not really. Hell, you didn't even have kids practicing. You know, so while we're looking at a situation where. You know, you'll have. Obviously, we're going through off season right now, so that's good. Spring ball's coming up here soon. I want to, um, you know, so you got that right there. G day, April seventeenth. Right, so there's some already some good stuff to look at uh, and look forward to. But recruiting for me just hits different. It it just does, and, and not having the not having this you know not having these visits, not having these events. You know, all these things like that, it's just boring, right? Obviously, you're going to have guys committing and things like that, and that's never going to change. And, and that's okay, right? That's just what recruiting is. But at the end of the day, though, we, you know, we need to take and make sure that we don't take it for granted anymore, right? I'm not going to. It's just that's I've learned after a year of none of this. You know, the dead period that lasted a full year. You wasted 2021. I feel bad for all those kids. The 2021 class, I feel absolutely sorry for them. Absolutely sorry. It's just the way it is. You know, they didn't get to do anything. So their recruiting, their whole senior year recruiting experience went to shit, right? And thank the NCAA for that. So let's hope that this thing sticks. I, 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 there's no reason in my opinion why there shouldn't be. but to make it certain, I've even came up with some protocols that I think a visit could follow and follow your safety protocols and make it work and maybe you know maybe I should be maybe I should be employed by the NCAA because this to me it sounds like it could work and if it does, Why couldn't we be doing this for God knows how long now, right? Why did that, why did that dead period, why is it still going on, right? Why did it last for so long if it would be to work, right? So I'm just going to just start with my protocol visit here, right? So number one, if a recruit is expecting an official visit or an unofficial visit, give, give the school or, you know, give the school or the, the football staff or whatever, more so, the school just to be safe. Um, inform them that you're planning on taking a visit prior, right? I put two weeks prior, and and the reason why I say this, you have to allow time for testing, right? We remember we're playing the safety protocols here, right? We're, that's what we're focusing on. Obviously, the reasons why we're not having any recruiting right now in the dead period still going on. NCAA doesn't understand any the safe. They want to make sure that the safety protocols are met, right? Everybody knows masking. Everybody knows social distance, all that stuff. Let's show them how it's done. Recruits must inform the school of the visit right at two weeks prior. You can do it before, but before two weeks prior to your visit and your date. Any guest expected to join the recruit must be listed on the, basically when you inform the school, you know, you have your list of people and all parties. And that means every, every guest, the recruit and the coaching staff would be tested prior to the visit. This is why you want to take and give some ample time here. Uh, the week before, you know, maybe that's when you would do the the testing, right? To allow efficient results. Um, you know, you could even limit, well, I don't want to limit it because these. I want these kids to have that experience. But even if you were to limit, I say you limit it to five guests, right? The, the recruit and five people. 5 people if you want to if you want to limit guests if not you don't need to but everybody gets tested. If you get a positive test, you can't come. If you get a if you get if you're good, you're clean, feel free to come on. Number 3. All staff involved tested the day before the visit begins. So, if you're expected in that visit, so for instance, if I got if I got a five-star or a five-star defensive lineman, and I know Coach Trey Scott and I know Coach Kirby Smart's going to be there, and, and Dan Lanning, right? You know all those guys that you know have that possibility there would get tested. That if it's if they're coming down Friday, they get tested that Thursday. You can do a rapid test; that's fine. But obviously, the coaches already—I'm sure the coaches and the players already have their protocol for testing anyway. But if you really want to be sure. Drive home, do a rapid test for the coaching staff. Number four, wear a mask at all times and social distance whenever you can. All right? There obviously, when you're doing your facilities tour and you're, you know, you're out walking through the campus down in Athens, you know, you can social distance and walk, right? That's okay. You're outside. But obviously, there's gonna be times when you're touring the facilities, right? You go in and, and you check the indoor you know, practice field and you check the weight rooms and the equipment, you know, the locker room, right? You get that stuff and that's fine, but you have your mask and you have your social distancing to the extent that you can. Right. So the whole, the whole event, you do that. And then five after the, after, and this is, this is just an extra measure here. If you really want to be safe after everybody gets tested again to make sure right? Because more than likely the kid will probably be already getting ready to go for another visit, right? So th- the fifth one is the optional for me, you know, they don't have to get tested. I think the coaching and staffs going to do it regardless. They get tested a lot anyways, but the recruiting their family members can get a, you know, can get a test if they really need to. Um, and maybe it's beneficial that if you, you know, get tested Um, the day after and then report the results to the school, you know, if for some reason they test positive, then, then, you know, right. Then you just know that things, you know, the protocols that need to go from there. Right. So that's just my take on the dead period. Ultimately, I can't wait for things to get back to normal. I have so much anticipation with the events that are going to be happening, how much the Kirby Copter is going to be out and about. You know it's going to be – you know the Kirby Copter is going to be popping all the way through Georgia. It's going to be fun. Again, it's going to be some fun times, especially in recruiting. That's the beauty of it. So like I said, the NCAA, you heard right here my protocol for a visit. I'm sure there's probably something else you can nitpick and be more specific with, but I've gave you a general guideline, right? Why that can't be done or why that you couldn't go from that, hell, who knows, right? It's the NCAA. I genuinely don't think the NCAA can do their job, but that's just me. That's just one person. But nonetheless, let's get recruiting back to normal, guys. Let's just get it back to normal. And all the juicy content coming from it, you'll see it come through the GATA podcast. You'll hear it here. On that note. I hope everybody here has a great day. Thanks for tuning in and go dogs, baby. Let's go. If you've never heard of the seven, six apparel company, do yourself a favor and listen closely. They're based out of Nashville, Tennessee, and they offer 12 different collections of apparel. Some of those include your Georgia Bulldogs, the Atlanta Braves, Auburn, Alabama, and Tennessee. Just to name a few. They offer several different services as well, to include screen printing, DTG printing, embroidery, and more. You also have the ability to design your own custom t shirt, or you can do wholesale for your business. Do yourself a favor and check out the 76 at the76.com. That is all we have for today, folks. Thanks for tuning in and stopping by. We're on multiple music platforms. And you can also find us at anchor.fm forward slash GATA podcast or GATA podcast.buzzsprout.com. Until next time, I hope you have a great day and go, dogs.